All right, guys, and welcome to episode four of the Let's Talk Tennis podcast. I'm your host, Tom Jabot, and I'm here with Marty and Vulzi. And today we're going to talk about college tennis and go over our experience and just a little bit of uh, advice that, you know, we've all gone through the system. We've all had the experience. And for anybody who is thinking about doing it, we're going to try and give you um, as much information as possible to make the right choice um, Mm -hmm. for you. So we're all extremely grateful uh, for college tennis. And it's something that brought us guys together. Me me and Vulzi, we've known each other now 11 years. And we started as freshmen together and went all the way through to uh, seniors. And then Marty, we joined you um, two years into our journey. And uh, so we've known you a long time, nine years as well. Um, and it's, a, and, you know, we, we're so grateful for it because of the experience we got from tennis, but also the people we met. Uh, we're from, you know, different parts of the world. And 11 years later, we're still uh, close friends, able to sit back and talk about these experiences that we shared together. And um, just, guys, just give me a, a brief summary of, of how you would sum up college tennis. All right, I'll give this one a go. I would say it's a great opportunity because it allows you to get your college degree and at the same time play tennis. So it opens two paths and you're on both of them for a long, a long time and then you can essentially decide whether you want to go pro route or you want to use your degree and put it to work. Yeah. So being from a different country that doesn't have these resources and doesn't allow you to do it, it's a great opportunity. I don't know what you guys could add to that. Yeah, I mean, like the opportunity thing is such a big thing, right? It's because the same goes for the UK is that if you're in education, you're not playing a high level sport. If you're playing a high level sport, you're not in education because you just can't do, you can't do the two at the same time. There's no um, system that sets you up for that. And especially when I was coming up and when we were younger, there was no system at all to really support that. And then you've got this thing in America where they are allowing you to come and carry on playing your sport to a very high level while getting a degree. It's for most, for, well, for all of us, but for majority of people, they're on scholarship. They're not paying anything. They're not coming out of university with debt. You're getting the best facilities. You're getting the opportunity to travel it's all paid for, all your equipment's paid for. And I think one of the biggest things as well is that, especially for sports like tennis, you're part of a team. And that's something that I never really experienced in sport before because my whole sporting career was tennis. And it's a, it can be a very, very lonely sport. And you then get to this, this thing where you're with people from all around the world, all put together, and you become a team, you become a family. And like you can see from, from this podcast that we've, we've kept that, you know, going for the last you know 10 years so it's something that i think if you're thinking about doing college tennis it's not just about prolonging your tennis career which is what i thought i was doing when i first went out to the states i was like, i just want to keep playing tennis and i don't think i'm going to be good enough to go and make it on the, the to the tv level i'm gonna make millions out of it and if i can get a degree great but i wasn't really focused on the degree and then when i got there it was like i've got this aspect of this team this family that you you create you then you go into battle together against other teams, which is just such a, a wild con- concept for most tennis players. Um, yeah, and, and also the, the great thing about it is that you don't have to be the top 
tennis player in your country to to have you know uh, i mean to, to get a scholarship you, yeah, there's there's plenty of room for for many many players of of different levels yeah and you and you've got you know you've got the the different divisions and i think people get very confused with the divisions you know obviously you've got ncaa neia and juco and um Vorsley, we'll probably have you talk about that in a second but these divisions they're not like in other sports right where like if you so we've got ncaa we've got division one two and three in ncaa you, if you win ncaa division two you don't go up to division one you know and so a lot of people think that when they're, they're thinking about which college do i want to go to they're thinking i've got to go to division one because that's the best one it's fair to say that the best teams are in division one because they are the bigger schools and divisions are done by the size of the school and the amount of athletic teams they have but there are a lot of Division two schools that are way stronger than Division one schools. And there are a lot of, um, you know, there's some very, very good Division three schools. And for anyone who doesn't know, Division three is basically you don't get any athletic scholarship. It's all academic. And so it tends to be weaker because most players want an athletic scholarship to go over and be able to afford it because university in America is very expensive. You're paying it, you know, I mean... I think I saved over, I think I, for all my scholarship, it was like 170,000 it would have been for four years. And right. that's way more expensive than it would be here in the UK. But Vorsley, talk about um, the, the different, le the different um, divisions and, and kind of clear that up for us, for anyone here is listening. Yeah, well, basically the, the way you get into a division is first you have to be uh, eligible uh, to get in the division and the way the organizations do it over there uh, is they look over your academic profile and your sports profile for instance if uh, some a lot of the decisions come out for um, how how long have you been out of school uh, when you finish high school or uh, have you gotten uh, any prize money or have you had any agents in your in your past uh, career so if if any of those answers are yes or if you have been away from school for many for many years after finishing high school then you can have uh, you you can start having some eligibility problems and uh, what can happen there is that uh, if you're trying to get into a college uh, you know into a university they might be taking you out some years of eligibility yeah, yeah. I mean, we have we have clearinghouse, right? So they have the the clearinghouse, mm -hmm. which is basically the organization that looks at your your case and you know deems whether you're eligible for whatever division or whatever school you're trying to go to. And I think Ballsy, both me and you were we kind of fell victim to that. We weren't eligible for Division One. Um, I think purely for us, it would been we had been out of education too long. And mm -hmm. I think it's important to say as well is that these rules are always changing they change every year i mean they've changed since we were trying to get eligible they'll keep changing especially with what's happened in 2020 i think they're going to have to make changes to the rules so if you are somebody who is thinking about going out or you know somebody who's thinking about going out to the states it's a really good good um thing to look at the ncaa you know handbook and look at what um potential yeah. things you could be doing right now to make sure you are eligible um, and then, you know, contact people who are um, recruiting agencies. They're, they're going to be, you know, up to date with, with the new rules and stuff. But um, 
what I mean again, so let's just say you know a young player goes into as a freshman, gets into schools they want to go to. What kind of advice would you give to that player? I mean, and and we've shared so many great memories, and we can um, share some of them now. But what advice would you give to them? Oh, there's so many things I would change. That's a tough question, but you know it's already been done. I would say the first thing. I would say is, you know, go in there with an open mind and as a team player, that was the toughest thing going mm -hmm. from being an individual. And you just talked about this to being part of a team. Yeah. So you, you're selfish, you're egotistical just because that's how tennis is. Every, every player is, you have to be. But once you become part of this team, you have to be open-minded to see what are the benefits of it. You have a coach that's developing you. Mm. You have teammates that are, you know, keep keeping you accountable because they're working hard means you have to work hard. Then you have to learn to handle this pressure when you're playing a match because you have to take care of your point, but also, you know, keep your partner and teammate accountable on the other court. So definitely, you know, learning how to be part of a team and not thinking so much about myself. What would yeah. you guys say? I, I, I agree with you there. Like, it's such a difficult thing to get your head around. I struggled in my freshman year to get my head around that especially with the way they do they do things out there they have you have a lineup right so you have six guys that will play but you have a roster of like 10 to 11 players and what i would say what i say to a lot of when i was developing players and sending them to college and i was giving them advice before they went to college i was i used to say to them don't focus on the number you're playing because if you focus on the number you're playing you're missing the point of the team your it doesn't matter if you're playing one or you're playing six you need to take care of your rubber. You need to take care of your match. And, you know, for doubles, if, it doesn't matter if you're playing one, two, or three. You have to take care of that because every rubber counts. And although, you know, in D2, uh, you know, all the doubles counts and then it's counted as three points, whereas in Division One, it's counted as one, it still doesn't matter. You still got to win that match in order to help your team get closer to winning overall. And I think the players that do well, when it clicked for me personally, it was definitely in, it was in between my freshman and my, and my sophomore year was when I stopped caring about the number I was playing and I just wanted to win for the guys. Like there's no better feeling getting on the bus after winning a match and you, we've all been there and we all just go crazy and we're just like... I just got the goosebumps talking yeah. about that. And just That's like, awesome. there's, and that, <laughs> that one time it happens to be where you um, win the final match and you win it for everybody having a presence in mind and being like, it wasn't me that won the match. I just won my rubber. I might be the last one, but it was a team effort. And everybody gets, even like guys who weren't playing were a massive part of it as well, because they were there cheering us on. They were there trying to help us perform um, on a daily basis. And I, for me personally, I found that my level went through the roof when I got to college and it, that clicked for me because I, I, I held me accountable at practice every day. It held me accountable not to tank matches, not to get mad in matches because I didn't want to. There's no worse feeling than walking on the on, onto the bus knowing you you've screwed up and you tanked your match, and now you've got to face your team. You know, it's it, it holds you accountable. What do you think, Vols? I think I think I think we can all agree. Actually, we can all agree the fact that uh, once we started playing college, we started actually enjoying tennis even more because. Yeah. 
of all that those reasons that you gave that is it just a team spirit you're not selfish anymore uh, you have some something someone uh, to fight for uh, it's just it's just a, a great experience that coming from an international country you have no idea this you know this uh, exists and once you do it uh, you actually think this is actually fun and you start improving so much you start not only improving personally but uh, in your in your game as well so yeah, i think it's it's just great. Yeah, and it's like the even at, you know we used to do like remember remember we used to do five and six a.m. sprints at Cowley and like we hated that like we hated getting up and having to go run but once you got there with all the guys and everyone starts running like you work harder because you don't want to be the last one there but like when you're training by yourself you know growing up like it didn't matter if you were the last one because you know it's just like well it's down to me you know and it's like for young players. It's a really tough thing to get your head around, you know, holding yourself accountable. So when you go to this environment where you've got this whole team that's holding you accountable to being the best version of you, it only it can only help you, um, you know, become a better player. Um, so matches. I mean, matches is where it's at, though, with, with college tennis. I mean, like, we, you know, the, if anyone doesn't know, the structure is basically... Um, it's different in every 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 division, but you basically got to win more rubbers than the other team, and every every match counts. And you have six singles and and three doubles. Um, Marty, what like what? Give me some of your, your your memories from matches, and like again, like advice you could give to people on how to deal with that kind of format, as we were so used to tournament format, and now we've gone into this like dual match format. What? What kind of advice would you give people and your memories of it? Well, I would say first thing is, you know, pay attention to doubles if you can before you come into college. Learn how to play the game. It's totally different from singles. And yes. play as many sets as you can. Because I, I, I remember being so focused on being technically sound yeah. and, and being extremely fit, which... You and I know that that's what our game relied on, just being yeah, yeah. grinders out there, putting the balls in court. But, you know, learn the game, play a ton of sets, 10, 15 sets a week before you get sent off to college and keep mm. playing sets against your teammates. Sometimes you can get a little, little bit iffy there because someone's beating someone else in practice. It doesn't matter. That's what you need to you know, be able to perform well when you have those big matches in your college. Hundred you know? percent. I think a lot of players get caught up, like in practice, that not wanting to play sets because they don't want to lose to their teammates, and they don't want to. Oh, they might get dropped down a place or whatever. But if if you're in a team environment like that, you need to lose. You need to play as many sets as you can because what you need to be ready for matches is you need to be ready to dig deeper than you ever thought you had to dig. Because again, if you're just traveling around playing tournaments by yourself. If you don't give 110% that day, it's only you that you've got to blame. But there are times where physically, I can remember playing a match against North Georgia. Remember that, that match that went on for hours and hours and hours? And like I was cramping in my hand and like I could feel like my legs You were always had the marathon matches. Man. I know. <laughs> and an eight feet me. behind the baseline, just <laughs> swinging as hard as you could. Well, that'll, that's yeah. going to roll into my next point about fitness. But yeah. I mean, you've got to be so mentally tough as well to deal with the pressure of not letting other people down. And as well, you know, at matches for me was more about 
the team environment than it was about each individual. Because, you know, when we were, sh there was no better feeling when you're all playing. This. I loved it when we used to have six courts playing at the same time and we're shouting to each other and one guy wins the set and everyone's cheering for him. And then like, you know, and like towards, like I remember playing as Flagler and my match was the final match for us to get nationally ranked. And I remember being 5-3 up in the, in the second and I was so nervous but you guys were like climbing up against the fence and stuff. And like, I just yeah, remember- We just, totally like, messed up those fences. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And I, 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 I can still <laughs> to this day remember hitting a backhand line pass, which I'd never done in my life. And like passing the guy for match point and just <laughs> looking over at you guys and being like, we did it, you know? And we'd been traveling for uh, like a week at that point. We'd been down to um, Florida and we finally got that national ranking that we were working for. And it was like mm -hmm. that whole day is like when, if anyone has ever watched a college tennis match, it's like one rubber finishes, the next rubber finishes, and you start to try and figure out where we're at and how many rubbers we've got to win. And it's just such an amazing experience. But Vols, what, yeah, we just, what, what advice would you give to people about matches? And Vols, what would you For me, the most, yeah. uh, you know, I think we, we said it. Would you, can you hear me? Yeah, 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 we got you. Yeah, we, uh, I was saying that uh, the biggest thing for me that I had to get used to it when I started as a freshman is, is just, just not being selfish, you know, like I was so used to play for myself and uh, that team environment that, that we experienced in, in college, uh, it was difficult for me to learn at the very beginning. So I think I started to really, really get the point. Uh, by when, you know, my freshman year, late in my freshman year, beginning of the sophomore uh, there is when I started to enjoy a lot more and, and you know, I'm getting, getting more pumped for, for, the, for the team and just having the idea that I, I was not alone playing and, yeah. you know, I, I was used to playing the high, spo uh, high spots and I, okay, honestly, I never felt that I was going to left outside the lineup, but even though uh, I didn't have that feeling, for me, I, I felt that a lot, of, a lot of the times I had, I had pressure, you know, because I, I was playing high in the lineup. I was playing with, with guys that uh, had great level, so uh, I knew I had to be always uh, ready, ready to fight because otherwise hey, I was going to get, I was, you know, I was not, was not going to get a good result. So I, w I had to get used to, to those things that uh, once I got it in my mind, uh, I played where, you know, I played more relaxed and, and I had more fun. That's I a think great that's, point. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a great point because I think the highs in college tennis are so much higher and the lows aren't as low because you've got a team there to support you when you, if you do have a bad match or if your form is not that great for a period of time, you've got your guys around you, like in the dorms and at dinner and stuff where you can go and just kind of um, feel that you're not there isolated by yourself. I can remember as a junior like coming back from tournaments and just and not playing well and it's just, I it just felt so alone. And you've got, yeah, you've got your coach and like, for me, I had my dad with me, but like they weren't going through the same thing I was going through. But when we, when we were a team and we'd all hang out after matches or after practice and someone wasn't going through, was going through a hard time, we were all going there through it with it, you know? And it's like, and also I think the great thing as well is having the women's team as well. Like I think it was a really, that was a really cool thing, especially at Young Harris that we had, um, you know, the guys and girls, I think we, we all got on really well um, the last couple of years. And it's just, it was nice to be able to go support them when they were playing and the way that our courts were structured that we were kind of staggering through. And it was, just, it was a really, 
cool feeling to have this group of players that were all after the same thing, you know? Um, yeah, you know what I think, um, just piggybacking on yeah. that, we went to such a small school, yeah. and I think when we first got there, it was a town that had two stoplights. Yeah. And, you know, but having, yeah, it's, it's funny, but, you know, we, we might have, I was in shock at the beginning, but yeah. having my team, my, the men's and the women's being there, I had people that, you know, were relatable to because we all were fanatics about tennis, and, you know, that's all you really need. And we came from all different parts of the world, like from all over the world. And we all were there for one thing. And we all had this language that we spoke, which was tennis, right? And like, Volsey, I mean, like Volsey, you didn't even know what I was saying for the first six months of our friendship. You had no idea what I was saying. And but we had this, that's right, that's right. Still probably doesn't know what I'm saying. But he's, uh, you know, we had, like we had this thing in common that we, we bonded over because we were one, we loved tennis and tennis was our, was our language. But also the fact that we had these goals as a team that we were trying to achieve and, you know, going to nationals together and going and playing against and like playing against teams that we, we didn't like. And like, Vols, you know, this is before we met Marty, but we were playing regionals. And I remember us when we won regionals at Cowley and every team wanted us to lose. Every, there was, all the teams ganged up against us. And it was me and Zach's last match to, to win it. And like, we didn't, we had a quarter of what of the support that the other team had but it didn't matter because our people wanted us to win and so we were so determined to do it and it's yeah. just you just don't get that in um in sport and i've never had an experience or ever will have an experience like that especially in tennis where you've just you just feel like you're part of something um and i mean i think for me the the, the thing that i think most players need to focus on as well is like like Marty, what you said, like when you get to college, your technique and stuff, that's pretty much set now. Like there's not much technical changes you can make when you're a college tennis player. Like you've got the summer where if you're smart, you're train hard over the summer, make improvements. But again, it's only three months and you can't make huge technical improvements in three months. But the biggest thing that I found that elevated my game was fitness was, you know, really taking the fitness side seriously. And it was part of our, you know, you know, as you said, Marty, like we were in this tiny little town with the most amazing facilities. Like how on earth those facilities were in the middle of the mountains in Georgia, you know, and we had everything we needed. We had physios, we had um, strength and conditioning training. We had the best facilities tennis wise. But we also had this huge gym that we could use whenever we wanted. And um, if you don't take advantage of that, you're really missing out because it I know it definitely, me and Marty, really relied on this as part of our game. Volsey's got a bit more, uh, bit more tools to his uh, tool bag. Um, but we elevated our games by being fitter than the people on the other side of the net. And that's not something I didn't really focus on when I was a junior. It was, it was something that really hit home when I was out there. Um, yeah, yeah. So what about the other side of things? Is It's balancing school and tennis. Like, that was a challenge, right? I mean, talk, let's talk about how we were able to do that because for me i've been out of education three years at that point when i first came when i first went to uh, as a freshman i've been out of education for three years and all of a sudden now you got to keep your grades up you got to go to class and uh and 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 you guys did it in a in a foreign language so talk about that yeah that's that's a good point because uh, in a foreign for for foreign yeah being a foreigner 
you know, like uh, it's tough. It's tough at the beginning. You first of all, you. I remember I had I had to start going to English classes yeah. uh, to get my you know my my first English classes to really understand okay. what was going on in the class because I ha I had no idea. So so the the you know if you're starting with that, they they help you a lot. Yeah. And you get you can get back into into a, a nice level, uh, you know, quite quick. Yeah. Um, but other than that, the, I think uh, you have a, a lot of, of help uh, being an, a student athlete. Yeah. Uh, you can, you know, um, do both things at the same time. I remember a lot of the times when we had to travel out, uh, we had to do uh, work uh, do, uh, on the road and yeah. uh, talk to professors to change exams or turn turning the homework a few days later so you have certain advantages that that help you that professors can help you out and i think you can perfectly uh, you know do both thi both things uh, at the same time yeah i mean by no means is it an easy thing college tennis like college tennis is for the toughest years of my life like you're training six seven days a week at times especially in season like for anyone who doesn't know about the seasons like you've got a half season in the in the full months so between september and like december and then from january until what april that's your that's your like main season and you're playing what we you know sometimes we're playing four matches a week and you're at least playing one or two matches a week for that period of time and you know you've got to make sure you you're getting your, your homework done you've got to make sure that you're stay on top of your grades otherwise you can't play but you're traveling a lot and they do from our experience anyway from the colleges that we went to I, I feel like they did an amazing job to allow us to do that and allow us to excel in our classes still for the average student they never got the leniency that we got you know like balls when we went to nationals in 2010 we were taking finals two weeks early and they were allowing us to do that so that we didn't miss out on finals and they were, we got so much help to do so. Um, Marty, what was, what was your experience with that? I mean, you, you academically were very good, but you could have gone to university in Argentina and done very well. What do you think would have been the difference there? Um, I mean, it would have been just as tough, I think, because as, as John was saying, and you, I'll piggyback on that a little bit, the professors are very helpful in the u.s and you know we don't want anyone to be intimidated from listening to all the hard work you know we put in but there was just as there was as many resources for us to get better as tennis players there was also many resources for us to be successful in the classroom as joan said the, the teachers are very helpful we had a we had study hall the coaches would come in and just you know put us to work make yeah. sure that we're, we're getting our reading time and our getting our homework in but there was tutoring classes you could go in if you weren't quite uh, bright at, I don't know, English per se, like Joanne and I were, and they would help you out, get you up to everybody else's level. So, you know, don't be intimidated by, you know, all this uh, rough scheduling, yeah. you know, just go out there and do it. It'll, it'll be fine if you're willing to put in the work. Well, and that's the thing. I think it, the, the thing that I and I think all three of us are so grateful for for college tennis is it taught us discipline. It taught us how to hard, work hard towards something. And it allowed us to see the benefits of working hard and then seeing the success that comes from that. And yeah, of course, it's going to be hard work, but anything worth having is hard to get. But anyone that goes to university out there to play college tennis, 
you if you work hard you can do it like it's set up the system set up well well enough that if you want to get a degree and you want to have a successful tennis a time on the tennis court you've got every single option and every single reason to do so it will only really be down to you if you don't you know um and it's such i mean again we could sit and talk about this for hours but just guys just sum up um, you know, this podcast and our experience with college tennis, what would you, again, what would you change? What would you, if you could go back and, and change one thing in your own personal experience, I'm so not talking to anybody else now, but what would you change? If you could go back and talk to yourself, what would you change? Yeah, for, so in, for, for myself, I would say, I would say, I wish I, I, I had more information before. Yeah. Uh, I, w I went to college late than most of uh, student athletes. I went there uh, almost with 21 years old. So the only downside to that is, is, yeah, I would say I wish I knew that information two years earlier or one year earlier. Um, I think I would have, you know, I, I could have um, gotten, uh, not, I wouldn't have, got any eligibility problems uh, that I had. But other than that, uh, uh, even though I had eligibility problems, all the, all the things that I can say about college tennis are great. Uh, you, have, you have a lot of fun and uh, the most important thing is, is you know, you have great friends that uh, like, like we can see uh, 10 years later, we're still, you know, uh, in touch and doing this, this podcast. Marty, what? Well, yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, it's, uh, again, just yeah, just get educated before you go out there. Just know what you're getting yourselves into, and then you can hit the ground running, right? And and make sure you really take advantage of it. Marty, what would you say? I think Joanne's point was great. I wish I would have been more informed. And what I would add to that personally is, I wish I'd been a little bit better at tennis from the. I don't know if I would say from a match standpoint, be have a would have had more matches under my belt. Sure. Which I'd competed more, been more ready for it before yeah. I got there. I feel like you said there's not much time to develop tactically and strategically. Well, maybe those you do have time, but technically there's not much time to develop any new strokes. So, you know, there's I wish I'd, I'd done more work. Yes. I wish I'd done more work before going in there to, you know, yeah. I have more opportunities to get better. For sure, I agree with that. And for me, like what I would what I would say to myself is just enjoy, like just be present in the moment and realize how lucky I was. I think at times we all took for granted just how lucky we were, and like how well we've been treated. And and it's not till really afterwards, and we look back at it and we go, "Wow!" Like I wish I'd been a bit more present. I wish I'd been a bit more like, just take a step back every now and again and go, I am so lucky and grateful for this opportunity because it's really- It's a great point. It's, it's really, a great point, yeah. Yeah, it's really easy when you're young that you get put into this thing and you get treated so well, it just becomes the norm, right? And we all complained about things. And I, I wish I could go back and, and shake the 19, 20, 21 year old I was and say, stop complaining about anything because this is going to be the- best moments of your life like I will look back at college tennis for the rest of my life and say I am so grateful for that opportunity because it molded me into having the success I've had after college 
because of what I learned there. And the way that most people have do university was so different to how we did it. And we had everything, everything we possibly needed to be successful. And I just wish that um, I could see it the way I see it now and just have been so grateful for it at that time. But um, guys, that, that's just, this has been awesome. I've really enjoyed uh, you know, reminiscing on the, the good old days. And we'll do more podcasts where we kind of talk about our experiences and, and things that have hap- that happened and, and dig a bit more into it. Um, we are planning on uh, bringing some guests onto the podcast in 2021. Um, so hopefully in our next podcast that we'll do in the new year, um, we'll have a guest um, and get some more insight into the tennis world for you. But if anyone who is listening wants any, uh, wants to hear us talk about anything in particular, feel free to shoot us uh, DMs on, on Instagrams or Facebook. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Any feedback as well um, that you have, we'd love to hear about it. But boys, I appreciate it. And uh, that was fun. And I will see you guys in the next one. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. See you next time. See you next time.